Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast with your hosts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that, folks at home. <laughs> Trying out a new introduction, aren't we? <laughs> Sorry. You always not a fan of the way I introduce the show. <laughs> I was like, why don't you do it for a change? <laughs> Shaking it up a little. I like it. <laughs> I don't. Anyway. You don't? That was funny. My, well, my name is Sonia Rappaport. My name is Willie Simpson. And this is Season 3, Episode 12, the 38th episode overall, Long Shot. This is a weird and kooky episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, little did I realize, uh, the huge X-Men, the animated series expert that I am, <coughs> um, that this was like another out-of-sequence episode that was banished to the pits of Season 5, mm-hmm. uh, but restored in the correct air order by the corporate uh, episode-ordering gurus at Hulu. Right. So, um, this episode, I don't even know if I've ever even seen before. Uh, I, you know, I've explained many times on the show that I've seen the series a million times, but season five only once, and I guess not completely. So, long shot. This was like a brand new, getting to watch a brand new X-Men episode after 25 years, yeah. <laughs> for me at least. Yeah. How did it feel? Um, it was terrible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's you know I checked the previously on X Men book by Eric Lee Wald, um, uh, the, one of the, the show's uh, lead writer, and he has a little uh, summary of each episode in the middle of the book, which is really cool. And in talking about this one, he you know blamed it on it was another episode banished to uh, season five because it had it was. Uh, put out to a different animation studio, Mm -hmm. which we discussed previously on No Mutant is an Island, that uh, Saban, uh, at this point, was trying to save money by hiring new animation studios, and they would give them test episodes to work on, and of course, there would be serious production delays and problems, so, you know, this episode and No Mutant is Island got put to season five. So I'm not sure if there's any more like that coming forward. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, we, we might be surprised, but um, this is another one. But beyond it looking, you know, not quite right, not the classic animated style we're accustomed to of the show, mm-hmm. uh, the writing is not the best. <laughs> and the, uh, the voice performances, too, I would say. Uh, I think the voice performances were like on par with what you see yeah. but like There's something the animation like, is really distracting the proportions right. of the characters are like kind of out of whack compared to what we're used to mm-hmm. uh, basic motions like running look really <laughs> strange yeah. There's <laughs> uh, weird animation errors which we'll talk about like a little too shiny like it makes all the characters age down a couple of decades mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird. It's very strange. The colors are off. Um, but I was saying about the voice acting. You're right. It's like fine. It's nothing different. But the my only it's it's almost like it was edited poorly though, as if like something in the like the audio editing of it was just the first draft. Yeah. Because it just seems like it wasn't the best takes of all the actors. I don't know. That was my impression. But right. whatever. This is well. Like a, I mean, another thing that like Eric and Julia Leewald have said many times is that you know, like this show 
was not blessed with like a super high budget, which is why they sent it out to a different animation studio, which is why they had a lot of delays getting it back. And it was like, you know, a lot of these episodes were kind of cut down to the wire and like they'd get it back from the animation studio the day before it was, you know, they had to like put it out for release on television networks so they didn't really have time to like <laughs> well I don't know if it got cut that close yeah, well whatever that's like how he was close. explaining right, it in yeah. like one of um, the interviews yeah, that I saw, saw with him recently screen junkies they were on which right. is cool so I, you know I mean it's like they're doing the best they can and they're like cranking out these episodes and like some of them are bound to be better than others and this yeah. was one of the ones that was just kind of like uh, you know, yeah, not it, the best. No, not the best. There's like a large attempt to be very meta in this episode, mm-hmm. but it didn't. I didn't think it played that well um, from the script standpoint. And so, you know, uh, so the episode's called Long Shot, and it's a return to uh, Mojo World. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's funny because I remember when we did the Mojo Vision episode in season two, uh, I someone asked me if like, oh, are we going to see uh, Mojo again or Long Shot? And I was like, I don't think so, but maybe. So I think I have probably seen this once before. It was like in the very back recesses of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway. So, you know, when you're dealing with Mojo, he's this ghastly Jabba the Hutt-like character that controls his own dimension, and it's all, like, based on television and, like, weird, like, Hollywood humor Mm -hmm. and things like that. Right. So, in this episode, I feel like there's a lot of strange, like, callbacks to the X-Men show itself Mm -hmm. with a lot of dialogue choices. Right. But then that was... that. So in one sense it was kind of like repetitive, but in another sense it was like flat out redundant because it, it almost seemed at times they were reusing dialogue from this very episode at points. Yeah. So it's just like a very slack together affair going on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like the Mojo character and the extra dimension and stuff is one of these like sci-fi themes that you and I usually talk about that we like. Yeah. You know? Well, that was a great episode. Right. The Mojo Visions. Of- Right, and that also was like kind of a weird one, but not in a bad way because yeah. it was new and different and really added complexity to this universe. It was like a Simpsons Halloween episode almost because yeah. you had the three little like TV show stories with the, where they paired the X Men off and they were on these bizarre adventures that you wouldn't normally see them in. Right, and even this in one's this, not quite like that at all. It's not. I mean, I like some of the themes that they start to bring in because it is there is something mm-hmm. kind of modern about it. How Mojo is like super obsessed with ratings and how much people like him, even though he's ruler of this universe and it's this like right. almost call forward to modern day social media and <laughs> you know like being concerned with like I mean I'm, I'm sure it wasn't on purpose right. because like you know social media wasn't a thing when right. this uh, episode was conceived yeah. you know but it's like it, it still has themes that could be relevant mm-hmm. in some ways but it's just like so strange yeah. All right. So let's 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 run through this. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. gonna be that much to say about it. Um, but basically, it opens uh, with Jubilee learning how to drive. Uh, Wolverine's teaching her. Yeah, and Wolverine's in his like Texas man outfit or something. He's got like a bol. What are those called? A bolo tie, right? Yeah, he's got his bolo tie and his cowboy hat. Yeah, his like moccasin or leather moccasiny outfit going on. And uh, I guess uh, probably not so much like Texas, but more like a Canadian uh, Outlander type outfit going on. You I, know, don't know. Like a I don't know. And I don't know why. Well, they're he's from like, Canada, you know. Fine, but they're just out for a drive in the suburbs. Like. Yeah, of Westchester, New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they're out for a drive. Well, Jubilee's not so good at driving. Um, she has 
Wolverine has her pull over at a little convenience store, and then all the action unfurls very quickly. Right. A long shot uh, drops out of the sky in a flash of yellow portalness, and uh, right into Jubilee's lap. And, um, you know, he's being chased by Mojo's goons, led by Spiral, the... Is she six-armed or eight-armed? I think six-armed. Six. Yeah, six-armed, sword-wielding, white-haired, sexy lady who can open and close dimensions at will. And she, uh, you know, she's after Longshot. Uh, he's escaped. Um, you know, we saw in the last Mochovision episode that Longshot... Uh, I don't think they exactly address it, but Longshot is a genetically engineered slave of Mojo that I guess Mojo uses to create his television shows in his dimension. Is that the case with all of these, like, mutant characters? Like, they're mm -hmm. mutants, but they're... They're created mutants. I don't. Right? I don't know if they. I don't know if they fall in the mutant category. They. They fall in like just the weird, extra dimensional space alien, humanoid category. So whether or not they're mutants, I couldn't. I can't really say. Uh, Facebook group. Uh, if you want to enlighten us a bit more, uh, you're more than welcome to. Um, but uh, so anyway, uh, Spiral and her gang of weird creatures, including this one bestial. Uh, dude with some kind of weird staff named Gog. Uh, they're chasing Longshot. Jubilee, of course, immediately uh, is trying to protect him, and so this is like the first meta moment that I thought was so strange, where Jubilee stands on top of the the jeep that she's driving with Wolverine, and she claps her hands together over her head, and she like completely apes Storm, where she's like, Jubilee, princess of pyrotechnics, demands you to release that human. Yeah. Which is like exactly like from an earlier episode where Storm says essentially the same thing. Right. Storm, mistress of the elements, demands you to release that child. Right. Well, that's from the first episode when she's t- yelling at the Sentinels in the mall. But Jubilee's trying to like empower herself, I think. <laughs> and like Storm is like, you know, not a bad role model to take right. after. Right, yeah, that's true. No, <laughs> it's but, just like really strange because right. Jubilee is not Storm. No. So for her to try to embody that type of force is like... It, it's a combination of Jubilee making a joke plus I think it's like trying to be self-referential. I don't think it's a joke. I think like this is this group of... <laughs> you don't think Jubilee's of, joking by making that like, No, I don't think it's a joke. I think she's like legitimately trying to make herself appear more no. uh, like threatening to this band of people. I mean, people. yeah, I think that's part of it, but I think she's just trying to be a little bit silly too. But also like this... Um, what's her name? Spiral. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, she... Is she modeled after Kali? Like, <laughs> Hindu goddess? Maybe. Destroyer, destroyer of evil forces? Well, like, I mean... I, the I, way I, her arms and, like, <laughs> the way she looks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is, is that, like, a... I don't I, know if that's a purposeful reference or I what. Could, I couldn't say for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if that was an unintentional subconscious reference. Or maybe very conscious of whoever created Spiral in the comic books. Yeah. Because, you know, they always are pulling from the mythological and things right. to create these, gods and these new age myths. Um, I guess. Such, such as the Marvel Universe. Right. Uh, but I was wondering if, like... Well, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be purposeful anyway, but maybe if, like, you know, that was Jubilee's response to this, like, goddess mutant is to, like, uh, make herself grander than she really is or something, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I, I mean, that's interesting. That's a little too deep. Maybe. I think, yeah, Jubilee's <laughs> just being, like a, like, a, you know, a spunky teenager thinking she's being real snarky and stuff. But uh-huh. whatever. I like your interpretation, too. 
Um, so anyway, like all, all this is going on, there's explosions. Jubilee is setting off her uh, her pyrotechnics. Um, you know, there's a lot of fighting in this parking lot. And it seems like a lot of time goes by before Wolverine in this very tiny convenience store notices. This, like, one-room convenience store. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny, his real delayed reaction to all this. Um, You know, I think, like, on top of his super smell, he should be smelling something weird going on out there. But also, I think he does have enhanced hearing a bit as well. I could be off on that. Um, But anyway, I don't know, like, what Wolverine was doing. Like, was he in the bath? Bathroom? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> so Wolverine was otherwise um, uh, occupied. occupied while all this action's going on. But he busts out uh, in the scene. Um, and then Spiral calls upon these like weird like silvery dogs that she calls war wolves. Was it? No, I don't think it was uh, Spiral. It was, wasn't it a Oh, God. Dog? Yeah, okay. He like f- cracks his whip and there's like a flash of lightning and then like, yeah. oh right you're right yeah. werewolves yeah so come out. yeah so they start chasing uh, Longshot and Jubilee uh, and Those creepy like silver dogs yeah. that have like penguin beaks on their faces yeah I thought that was a pretty cool design actually yeah I think so too and then when they they you know Longshot evades them and then they hit a garbage truck driving along and they smoosh into it. So they're made of that same creepy, like, techno gelatin that, like, Terminator is made out of. Right. Or like Terminator 2. Mercurial metal. Right. Yeah. So that was an interesting touch. And then, you know, they, they all end up in a back alley fighting these uh, werewolves, uh, war wolves, and. Uh, they all manage to fight them off, and Spiral decides to retreat in this moment. So she and her gang like head back to the Mojo dimension. So and then uh, Wolverine's demanding answers. He does not trust Longshot, and Longshot uh, announces that he has amnesia and he can't remember anything. Which is like, you know, I don't think I don't know how meta it is, but it's very reminiscent of Bishop traveling through time and not being able to remember what's going on and Wolverine being very incredulous about it. Yeah. So, I mean, is that a callback or am I just, you know, imagining this? Uh, I think it's references? just like common sci-fi trope. I mean, like, how else are you going to get full exposition to the audience? Oh, that makes sense too. But also, I would say that it's like it, the, one of the lazier written episodes, you know, where it's just relying on these tropes I, I almost feel like it wasn't necessary because it's like the X-Men don't know anything about yeah, what's going on with Longshot. So, right, exactly. It's like you could cut out, like, I don't know, maybe they're just killing time by having him have amnesia, but they could have cut that all out and he could have just explained it to Jubilee and Wolverine. Right. Instead, it's explained through Professor X reading his mind, which is, you know, kind of interesting. But that's jumping ahead. So, but back in the Mojo dimension... Uh, we meet our old pal Mojo again. He's this, you know, green blob on a weird metal spiral chair that moves Spider around. Spider chair. Yeah. And uh, I guess Mojo, you know, you'd wonder, like, why do all these people in this dimension follow this guy? But he seems to have enormous power. So there's a scene where he's upset at Spiral for letting Longshot escape. And he grabs Spiral by her arms, her many arms, and he drains the life force out of her, and it's pretty gross. Yeah. Because she turns into this, like, pruny old woman. She just, like, withers, and then he just, like, drops her on the floor, and she's just, like... Struggling. Stays there. Like, on the, <laughs> like the you know, the edge of death. Yeah. And uh, Mojo's, uh, you know, British assistant guy, whoever he is, he... Domo. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, they said it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, He suggests to Mojo that he should go to Earth and uh, find Longshot and the X-Men and that the ratings would be huge. And uh, it's kind of funny because 
you could see Domo like counting down on his fingers like five, four, three, two, one before Mojo. Actually, it was Spiral's idea. Oh, it was yeah, because oh. like she comes back and Mojo's <laughs> pissed. He's like, "Why didn't you capture him?" Right? So he like. Oh, she's like, so she, then she's like, "Why don't you go get him yourself?" And right, that's why he picks yeah. her up and like right. drains all her life force out. And then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Right. So Domo plants the idea then in Mojo's mind that he should do this, and he then Mojo thinks it's his inspiration that, right. of course, all I have he has, this great idea. Right. I'll go to Earth and I'll, I'll go find the X Men and Longshot. It'll be great for ratings. Um, and then, uh, so now Jubilee's giving back in Earth uh, on Earth. Jubilee is giving Longshot a tour of the X-Mansion, um, drawn so bizarrely. Yeah. Just like uh, the exterior doesn't have the the detail we're used to. It just looks like... It's just, it's just painted incorrectly, and it looks like a Disney cartoon almost, like mm-hmm. a, but like like a Mickey Mouse-era Disney cartoon. And then she's, like, leading him in. Th- she, to the rec room. This is the rec room, and it's, like... Garish and... Golden. Yeah. It's just, and, like, everyone's standing around playing pool. It's a lot of proportion. And, like, it's yeah. We see Rogue and her body looks really distorted and strange. Right. She looks like an action Barbie or something. And Beast looks all out of proportion. But there's still some weird like animation stuff going on. Like little one little detail I noticed was uh Wolverine like puffs his hair up a little bit uh-huh. and then he puts his mask on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I guess he's gotta get his hair in the right shape to fit in those like owl head <laughs> things. <laughs> Whatever they are. His little his Batman ha- uh mask. Um I so that was bizarre. And then uh, like you mentioned that uh so Professor X gets long shot on the gurney and he starts reading his mind and he's like, It's odd, his mind is barren. So uh, but then, at what point do they get like the full story out of Longshot? Is it like right away, pretty much? They he just says, "Oh, this is going to take a little while." But then he, I guess, is like searching through his memories and like recovers it within a minute or two. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Uh, <laughs> and then it's explained that a Longshot's leading this rebellion of the other genetically engineered slaves back in the Mojo world for freedom. And, uh, you know, he was captured in this battle, and Mojo erased his memories because he wanted him to then fight the rebels, which would, like, really crush the rebel spirit and also be great for ratings. Mm. And, you know, the Mojo world, again, like a television-dominated universe. Um, You know, a pretty funny, clever idea, but also ridiculous science fiction nonsense. Yeah. Oh, another weird, like, moment here. I mean, this is, like, one of the weirdest episodes we're going to see. Beast refers to Jubilee by her full name. Yeah, that's right. Jubilation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I think they only showed her name being Jubilation in the very first episode, Night of the Sentinels, when a sentinel is scanning her, Uh and it shows, like, her stats. I could be wrong, but I think it does say Jubilation Lee. Huh. You know, and then it says, like, Chinese descent or something, five foot tall, whatever it is. And then another... Oh, so her last name is Lee. Oh yeah, last name oh, Lee. Oh, so her like X Man name is is just like a contraction of her first and last <laughs> yeah. name. Uh, yeah, I is. never realized that. That's really funny. Right, and it's also it's like a pun, right? Or no, is that the right word, or is it a simile or something? I don't know. What <laughs> What are you trying to say? Because Jubilee itself is a word. Yeah. Right to you know we're going to the Jubilee. Yeah. But so like, but it's <laughs> like you say, you're saying it's a contraction. Yeah. Of Jubilation Lee. Right. But it's also the contraction spells also another comes word. Into a word. That's got to be some grammatical term that I cannot you know think of. I'm not smart enough to know. Is is there a word for that? There might not be. I think it's just clever. Oh yeah, you know right. It's like <laughs> it's something. Um, so but anyway, ju- good old Jubilation. <laughs> I wonder how many people are actually have that. If that's a Anywhere, if that was a real name, I have no idea what the origin of Jubilee's name is. If that's, I, I feel like people probably have been named Jubilee. 
That I could buy. Before X-Men or since X-Men? That's Be- the thing, Well, though. definitely since X-Men, but before X-Men, I'm almost certain someone probably had the name Jubilee. I could see that in, like, New Orleans or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then another interesting detail, Let Loose, we get Jubilee's age. I don't think it's ever been explicitly said on this show. She claims to be 15. But then she lies to long... She's giving Longshot a tour of the garden. She's kind of romantically smitten with him. Yeah. Um, and then she says, oh, I'm 15. No, I mean 17 years old. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so Jubilee 15. That's good to know. I don't think any X-Men's age is ever really revealed in the show besides Jubilee's, at least to this point. So that's, uh, you know, and like, you know, the funny thing about Marvel, it's got like the sliding time scale of history where the comics have been out for... 60 years or whatever it's been one long continuity but the characters age and so the characters do age but they age on a very gradual scale right so um, you know it's it's always, like I said so it's in that sense it's always kind of striking when someone does actually nail down a number like that so specific as an age but anyway, uh, you know, this episode uh, <laughs> ambles along here. Mojo arrives on Earth. He doesn't like the name Earth. He thinks it's just another word for dirt, which I guess it is. Yeah. But he takes to rename it. He, I think he, he ends up calling it Terror World, um, which is actually kind of almost like a clever, another, like, weird name. Terror World? Yeah. Why is that clever? Because. I mean, the Earth Dirt thing is yeah, but a Earth, little bit clever. Dirt, but Earth Dirt Terra. Yeah, but he didn't say terra. He I said know, terror. I know. I'm just using my. I don't think that was intentional. I was just saying if it was terra world, like maybe that. Okay, whatever. That's lame. Um, <laughs> um, and then what's going on? So then we also see that Mojo sort of like his presence has like a really uh, negative effect on the natural environment of Earth. Like if he's like picking up some flowers or if he's walking over some grass like everything around him dies Mm -hmm. but then it it doesn't just die it also like weirdly mutates into like some like gross like distortion of himself because we see some tree trunks get like snarled into images of his face Mm. which was very bizarre and that's actually he is like Mojo's pretty like creepy and scary in many ways um, but then, you know, so now that Mojo's on Earth, he's, I guess he's just wandering around the, the fields of the X-Mansion, or the estate of the X-Mansion, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do to find the X-Men. Um, it's at this point, I guess, he captures Jubilee, uh, and I, I was kind of like half paying attention, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because then the X-Men run out, and they find Jubilee's jacket in the forest, and it, you know, uh, she never goes anywhere without her jacket. I mean, that's not said, but that's implied. Um... So, you know, Jubilee's been kidnapped, and Mojo is launching his new television show on Earth. Uh, So when the X-Men find Mojo in the forest there, he's aboard, like, a flying wooden, like, old-timey battleship. Yeah. uh, Very reminiscent of Mario Brothers 3. Right. uh, Where, you know, obviously King Koopa's Kooplings had their own flying ships that Mario had to take down one at a time. Mm. So I don't know if that's, like, a reference to something that was semi-popular at the time. What's the timeline on that? Well, this show probably well, this show probably came out like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. So I mean, Mario three came out in like nineteen ninety. So it would have been oh, a okay. it would have been a slightly dated reference. Super Mario World, the Super Nintendo game, also had some flying Koopa ships, but yeah. that was ninety one. Okay. So it's you know, but those games are so massive that yeah. maybe, but I don't know, it could just be like a weird like could just be coincidence coincidence like just weird mythological thing. Yeah. You know. Um, strange reference. So Mojo launches this TV show with his intergalactic gladiators finding the X-Men. 
They're again these robots that look very much like uh, War Machine Iron Man designs. Mm-hmm. They're not though. I, I thought I, th- I might have stated in a previous episode that these robots were uh, War Machine. Like they just appropriated them for Mojo's purposes, like a cameo. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. They're slightly no, I think different designs. Yeah, and then they can turn themselves into holograms. So the X Men, um, they kind of, you know, they split up into teams. Um, they have to rescue Jubilee because, like, the, she's the grand prize of this game show. Right. She's in one of those creep, like those glass boxes that right. Mojo used in the the very in the first episode where we saw him. Yeah. And like, she's trapped in there. So. Uh, Beast and Rogue are gonna like lure the robots away and they'll fight them. Right. While like Wolverine and Longshot go and try to rescue Jubilee. And at first, Wolverine doesn't want Longshot as a yeah. partner. Again, another like weird meta thing where Wolverine's teamed up with either Cable or Bishop or somebody. And right. He doesn't well, trust Wolverine them. doesn't trust anybody, and then people have to earn his trust. And yeah. like that's like a constant thing. So yeah. Longshot convinces him. He's like, listen, like. I got Jubilee into this. I got to get her out. Plus, like, I know all about Mojo and his antics. So, like, I'm the best man for the job to help you out with this. And Wolverine's like, all right, fine. Yeah. But, so, it, I mean, all. But even though those plot points are repeated, it wouldn't be that uh, noticeable if the dialogue just wasn't... It just feels like so much of the dialogue was cherry-picked from other episodes we've seen before. Yeah. Especially in a lot of things Jubilee says, where she says, time to blow this joint, because I'm pretty sure she said that in an, another episode. Right. Maybe Slave Island, and then uh, the, the way she keeps repeating, he's on our side, or I thought he was on our side. Or yeah. so, like I think that's from another episode, too. Um, I don't know. There's a, a lot of, like, bizarre repeated dialogue. And a lot of things Wolverine says he said in previous well, episodes. like, right in response to Jubilee, like, that line, she's like, can't you see he's on our side? And then, like, Wolverine replies to that line. Yeah. That line is repeated and his response to her yeah, is repeated. Yeah. Like, it's really In strange. the episode, not, like, from another episode. No, like, within yeah, the same it, episode. And it's, like, the exact same dialogue take, too, it sounds right, like. Right, Same so, vocal intonations I mean, this and is everything. A, like, might, might have been the cheapest episode. <laughs> Um, and then there's some other, like, funny, like, weird stuff going on. Uh, there's, like, a strange Jurassic Park parody where they have to fight some robot dinosaurs. Right. And one Rogue of the- and Beast, like, lure the, uh, the robots into this Jurassic Park area. Yeah. And then it... And one of them is Bright Purple, which, you know, is an allusion to Barney. Right. Which I wouldn't have really picked up on... Uh, uh, but I read the quick like episode summary and uh, and previously on X Men and, and uh, Eric Leewold mentions that it was like a Barney Jurassic Park mash in mashup tie in so reference. Weird. And he's like, yeah, no one would ever get that today. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's like strange. But yeah, I mean, Barney wasn't an, an object of. If you were a slightly older kid, like I think we were at that time, Barney was a younger kid show, right? And it was so such an irritating kid show and so garish and like that's another word I'm using this podcast twice today, so I'm repeating <laughs> myself. Uh, but he was like a garish like puppet man, uh, like large purple dinosaur man, and with the, the most annoying doofy voice. Yeah. And I just remember kids making fun of Barney constantly, or right. saying like you're because for kids of our generation, like we were a little too old for yeah. it, so it Barney just seems like the lamest, the lamest thing. Yeah. <laughs> It really was. But um, so Barney back into our lives in this very moment. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yeah, like. sort of. Right. Um, and then uh, you know they they're fighting and they're all split up. But um, Rogue manages to bash into this little base place where Jubilee's being kept. And uh, there's an animation error where Jubilee is shown wearing her jacket, like, shooting at creatures that are attacking her. But in the next scene, she doesn't have a jacket, which she shouldn't. Right, which she shouldn't, because we see Wolverine, like, carrying it around as he's running through the forest. 
Yeah, and she's animated so poorly without her jacket. She just look, her whole body proportions look totally weird. Yeah, and out of sync. And there's actually earlier in the episode too. I just want to mention this episode so bizarre. There's like a weird transition that the animation team did where they zoom in on Jubilee's like logo that she has on her shirt. Yeah, and I was like, what is this? Yeah, because like, we never see it because she's always wearing her jacket. Yeah, I mean we but, see it sometimes. Yeah, she's got this weird like half circle thing going on with a line across. Yeah, and it's just like this weird like zooming in on her breast. And I was right, like, what? That's where the logo is. Yeah, and they like transition to the next scene. It's like, but is that? Are they were they implying that that's Jubilee's? like symbol or something you know I don't know it was strange. maybe nothing is implied nah, probably it's not just, yeah it's, it's just, just a weird choice yeah um, so uh, you know even though the X-Men rescue Jubilee you know long shot uh, it's uh, Spirals is fighting long uh, no I'm sorry Spiral is fighting Wolverine in some battle. They're really slicing her, her with his, her swords and him with his claws. They're slicing at each other. Uh, but it looks like Mudge is about to get the upper hand over Longshot when Jubilee comes and like fries uh, Mojo's... Uh, his scorpion tail. Yeah, his apparatus there. Yeah. So he's defeated pretty easily. And uh, he sort of pleads for mercy and tries to back out of the situation. Spiral takes it upon herself to use her dimension powers, and she zaps Mojo and all his equipment and stuff and all his goons uh, back to the Mojoverse. And uh, she's also, like, demanding a rematch with Wolverine, uh, but laying it on thick, saying, it's like, I want the cable rights and 50% of, of the receipts, uh, you know, of the whatever. And she's yeah. like, going on and on. And right, so weird. she's in on the ratings game with Mojo. Yeah. And then, but then what's like really weird is the the portal still open up. Now Longshot's saying goodbye to the X Men, and he's you know, and Jubilee's like, I get it. You have to go back and lead the rebellion. Rebellion, your people need you. And I was like, but he's just gonna follow exactly where Spiral and Mojo are going, right? Like I, I don't know. That was a little bizarre, you know. Yeah, he has to go back and fight them. I know, but it, uh, yeah, but now he's gonna be outnumbered. He doesn't have the X Men's help. Right, but he has all of, like, the... His rebellion. The, yeah. yeah, his it, rebel army. Yeah, but it is weird, though, right? It is weird, He's, yeah. like, taking the same exit, and the, and the exit's being held long enough for him to come back to. Right. So that's just bizarre. And then, uh, so with Longshot, uh, he kisses Jubilee on the forehead, and right. she cries. I mean, it's made clear throughout the episode that she's got, like, this huge crush on him. We don't know how old he is, like... He mentions, like, during one of the fights casually that, like, him and, um... Spiral used to date each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that so was implied like, in the Mojo Vision episode that they would start dating. Right. And it's, like, weird because to look at him, like, he's a cartoon, so you can't tell how old he is, really. He's got, like, his mullet and, like, his, like... <laughs> well, he's a genetically engineered alien creature. Whatever. So he's he doesn't so, have an age. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so Jubilee has this crush on him, so when he says goodbye <laughs> to her, I guess he knows that, and he, like, gives her a kiss on the forehead yeah. and, like, walks... Well, he's a leading man. He's, like, a star portal. actor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's, like, a... He's playing his part as a... a TV heartthrob, yeah, I guess. right, right. But it's funny because as he's walking to the portal and Jubilee kind of, like, walks behind him a little bit, the anim... I keep harping on the animation. I'm sorry to do that. But, like, the way their movements are are very staggered. And it almost reminds me of... Did you ever play the X-Men video game on, like, you know, like, Sega Genesis or whatever? Like, yeah, of course. In the 90s. Like, you know how, like, when you just would move the trigger a little bit, that, like, stilted action yeah. that the characters would make where they're, like... Yeah, they start to move a little and they move, like, half a millimeter and they stop and fr- freeze back in their action figure pose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the exact, like, walking motion yeah. that um, Longshot and Jubilee make as they, like, go towards this point. Another reference? 
<laughs> no, not really. Probably, I don't think no, that was on purpose. Definitely not. But just made me laugh a little I, bit. But then, but then the fade out on a pink rose that was uh, sparkling with dew. Yeah, on the ground. <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> so an all round great episode, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well. Dark Phoenix is coming up. Yeah, so. <laughs> thank God. Oh my goodness. I mean, it, it's just weird. Like, why? Like I said, I, I I must have seen this episode once before. Never again since. Uh, so for me, it was like watching it for the first time. So strange that this was supposed to air right in the middle of season three. A, a great season with the X Men at their peak. Um, but like we said, it's not like the ideas for it were bad. You know, like I could see where like the storyline and the scriptwriters were going with it. Yeah. I think it just like all the animation stuff that happened with the studio and, like, the timeline being pushed back and then not, like, really having the resources to do it properly is... Maybe. I I don't blame it on animation because I think you could poorly animate something if the script is good, you would be able to get into it but it's the script on this one to me was just bad yeah so not you know and i've i've been like given essentially every episode an a <laughs> up to this point yeah, that's, yeah so i'm not gonna give it a grade it does i don't care you know no one cares but i mean you know uh an episode for completionists only i suppose and if you want to <laughs> see lo- if long shots one of your favorite characters uh good but i think he does come back again in season five i might be mistaken about that uh, okay. i have a memory of him appearing again that we'll might see. be wrong but, uh, you know, a very bizarre, very strange episode. People might even be shocked that we're talking about it right now because I think they're, they're probably more primed to go right to Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So, um... Well, it's all about... <laughs> for me, you know, it's always like you set up your expectations and it's like when you come from an episode like this where we're all just kind of in agreement of, like, what a, what a weird one, like, not the best, you know? But yeah. then, like, you get, like, a real good treat after this. It's kind of like, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, the rest of season three is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so Dark Phoenix... Well, we're not going to get a full Dark Phoenix month because we're already in the first weekend of December here. Right. Okay, well. So, you know, we'll get a mostly December Dark Phoenix month. That'll That's be cool. exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and it's and unlike the Phoenix Saga, it's, this is a four-parter, not a five-parter. Right. So... It fits. That fits a little neater into December there. Yeah. December's like thirty-one days, right? So, one of the longer months of the year. <laughs> Weather-wise, definitely really long. Yeah. <laughs> Painful, especially if you're on the East Coast like us. Um, but that's all I have for this episode, Sonia. Uh, now we transition to the uh, promotional side of our podcast, uh-huh. where I remind our fans to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to sing a song about it? <laughs> oh, you go ahead. You never like doing it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter, at Willie Simpson. Uh, follow X-Men Tass at, on Twitter. That's Eric and Julie Leewald's account. They have previously had X-Men out. You should go buy that book. Uh, it's, it's super great, amazing, um, and also, you know, follow them on Twitter. They're, they've, they are ground zero for X-Men. Uh, all your X-Men outrageousness 25 years later. I just want to say, like, we plug them in their book and yeah. their, their account, like, every episode. It's not because we're getting kickbacks or anything like that. I don't like, think we're, anyone th- we're probably just were. Generally, genuinely fans. Yeah. Well, they did send us, like, I've explained, like, because we interviewed them in, in season one. Everyone should go check that out. Um, they did send us, like, a, a thank you care package, which included this handwritten, like, thank you letter with their signatures and Sentinel, uh, like, yeah, business yeah, yeah. No, cards. No, no, I know. I'm just saying there's so no, that, like, in a way, that was no, a kickback. There's no, like, business relationship happening here is, is all I'm no, saying. No, definitely we, not. We just no. like them and their work. 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they've actually even, like, mentioned, like, oh, we'll come back on the show again. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. But, like, I'm uh, I'm still such a big fan that I'm even, like, nervous to reinvite them. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, I was, like, so nervous doing that episode with the interview. I'm sure now it would be, like, a lot easier to do. But, um, but they, no, they're really great. So that's why we plug them, right? Not for any sort of... This episode is not for monetary gain. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be asking anyone for money. This uh, episode. I mean, yeah, this episode specifically, not for monetary <laughs> gain. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check them out. Um, also, find us on Facebook, the X-Men Tass podcast Facebook group. Just search it out. It's easy to find. Ask to join. We'll add you to the group. It's It's been more ever more active um, we really, you know, want to give a shout out to our fans as always. Uh, Adam, uh, who I'm now following on Twitter, what a cool guy he is. Uh, one of our Canadian fans, um, Arthur uh, and uh, Tom, a whole bunch of fans on there. If I, you know, I don't mention your name, please. Um, I think Nicole from Australia, international uh, group of followers we have ever growing. So come talk to us there. Talk to them. It's a lot of fun. Um, we really appreciate uh, all the, the niceness. Yeah, it's been really cool. Well, Sonia, that is all I have this week. Will you be joining me for the exciting, the thrilling, the terrifying Dark Phoenix Month that is upon us? Yeah, don't worry, I'll be joining you. <laughs> Are you sure? You sound a little upset about it. <laughs> That's the end of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs>